Are you looking for freedom? Freedom from the daily grind and hustle? Or just finding a way to live the life you always wanted? Then join us on the Investing for Freedom podcast. Our host, Mike Ayala, will help you discover new ways to find freedom with tips, insights, and interviews. You'll learn the exact systems he's used to travel the world and live his best life. True success and happiness are all about freedom. And here's your roadmap on how to find freedom on your own terms. Welcome to the Investing for Freedom podcast. Here's your host, Mike Ayala. Thank you for joining me on the Investing for Freedom podcast. I'm going to begin a five-part series on why I love investing in mobile home parks. Karen, I've been investing in mobile home parks for, gosh, probably 15 years now. Um, We got into it by accident, which I'm going to start the series. Um, This is actually episode one, but that will be five more episodes. I'll break down um, in five different episodes why I love um, mobile home parks, but I'm going to kind of tell the backstory, how I got into it, and a little bit of overview about you know why I love it today. But um, just touching on that quickly, some of the main reasons why I love it is because number one, it's affordable housing. Anything that we can invest in an affordable housing um, in this day and age is probably going to perform pretty well. Another reason why I love mobile home parks, and these are in no particular order. Again, I'm going to do five more um, shows after this on the real reasons, just really clarifying why I love it. But the residents generally speaking, and this isn't always the case, but in our model, we try to sell the homes to the residents. So the residents have pride of ownership. They stay longer. They get to own the home. Even when they move out, they're trying to find somebody to sell that home to because they don't want to lose the equity in the home. And they are responsible for the maintenance. So essentially, we're buying a big piece of land with infrastructure. We're responsible for that infrastructure. We're responsible for the common areas, the roads, you know, the utilities. And generally speaking, the residents are responsible for their homes. Now, that being said, about you know somewhere between 50% and 75% of um, our homes in our communities, depending on what community it is, are owned by the resident and somewhere between a third and 50% of the homes are owned by us at various um, phases because you know not everyone can afford a down payment etc so we'll get into all of that but you know some of the other reasons why I like it they're not really it's really hard to get a mobile home park approved nowadays even though mobile homes nowadays like when you buy a brand new we can get a family into a three bedroom two bath uh, mobile home brand new from the factory all in with lot rent and their home payment that they get to buy for less than a thousand dollars a month in many of the markets that we're in, and so, you know, you just and these houses nowadays are beautiful. And I think back to a period of time. Karen and I were talking about this when we first got married. We actually lived in a two bedroom, one bath. Um, it was a 1984 Gurdon Hacienda, which is irrelevant to most of you, but you know, I happen to know the industry pretty well. And you know, we would go to these manufactured home retailers, and and man, we just wished that we could buy one of these nice double wides, they even had triple wides. It was like such a dream. But anyway, these homes are beautiful and they're pretty well made now. And so the fact that we can get, you know, residents into something like that at that price point is just amazing. And so um, they're not making more, you know, mobile home parks in most of these communities. Um, there's a whole, I don't know if you've ever heard this phrase, but NIMBY, not in my backyard. Everybody's all for, you know, helping the poor and helping those that are underprivileged, but not in my backyard. As long as it doesn't happen in my backyard, we're fine with it. And so most municipalities are not really incentivizing uh, manufactured housing communities being built. There's a lot more financing options today, um, which again, we'll talk on this, you know, in future episodes, but um, banks, Wall Street. In fact, I remember um, a good friend of mine, Tyler Gunter, 
Um, shout out to Tyler. We've worked together for a long time. Um, he owns Mobile Home Parks. He was actually our CEO for a while. But I remember him bringing a, an article to me in, uh, from the Wall Street Journal. I think this is probably 2012 or 2014. And it was just talking about how the big Wall Street money was starting to really you know, gain traction in this space. They were really starting to pay attention. And more now than ever, you know, there's a lot of regional banks that want to finance it. There's a lot of private equity groups that love it. And so um, there's a lot more financing abilities than there used to be the Loan-to-value ratios are high. The cap rates have um, performed really well. And so it's just really become an attractive market. So, you know, getting getting our hands on supply, when you look at supply chain issues, we did have some problems during COVID. It even set us back quite a bit. Um, you know, one of the things that we were doing, we were buying distressed properties. And our goal was to buy distressed properties. We actually stopped buying in 2019 because we had bought quite a few. And so our, our goal was to just kind of stop and focus on getting these communities turned around. Well, when, when COVID hit, it was really challenging to get inventory, but you know, inventory is pretty plentiful now. And so even, even though construction times are taking longer in a lot of the different assets and, you know, approval times and everything else, there's a lot of communities that are owned by Ma and Pa's with empty lots, um, homes that have been there since the 60s, 70s, 80s that need either remodeled or they need new homes brought in. And, and so there's a lot of opportunity buying some of these communities that have not really been run that well by the, uh, a lot of the legacy owners. And that's a generalized statement. There's many, many home, um, legacy uh, mom and pa owners in air quotations that have taken great care of their communities, but a lot of them lived off of it. And so they you know, didn't spend a lot of time pouring money back into it. So if you can you know, get your hands on a community, um, it can perform very well. And I'll, I'll digress for just a minute. I remember living in a one bedroom, one bath um, 1976 mobile home in Elko, Nevada in Panorama Trailer Court with me and my brother and sister and mom and dad. And, you know, they were working their tails off doing the best they could, but those were some of the best times of my life. So, you know, I'm not one of those that's like, oh yeah, I'm just going to, you know, buy these investment properties. And, and, you know, I just think it's a great investment. I, there, there's, there's part of this that is, uh, some of, one of my mentors always says, you know, doing well, and doing good. You can do well financially while doing good. And in fact, if you can couple that, you might even do better. And so another mentor of mine, Chris Harder, always says when good people make good money, they can do great things. And so, you know, I really believe that this is one of those industries where, you know, our mission at Park Place Communities is to provide safe, clean, affordable housing where people want to live. That's it. It's that simple. Um, we don't have swimming pools. We don't have, you know, pickleball courts. These, these are not like high-end retirement communities. These are affordable housing at the end of the day, and there's a big need for it. So um, I just love this space. And again, back to, you know, growing up in one and, and, you know, as we started investing and we started doing better, yes, I love real estate. Yes, I love investing. Yes, I love the tax benefits. Yes, I love the cash flow, but also, you know, help, helping other people and providing affordable housing is just a noble cause. And so, yeah, there's just, there's a lot, there's a lot more reasons that I could talk about, but again, we'll get into a five-part um, series real quick. Um, Karen and I actually bought our first manufactured home community by accident. I, this was not on my radar. Um, our goal was to buy two income producing properties a year, single family homes for, for 10 years. That was our original goal. We had started a plumbing and HVAC company. We were doing pretty well. And you know, we needed some tax write-offs and I was working um, with a consulting company and my head coach was speaking from stage at an annual planning event. And he said, if your business isn't helping you achieve your personal goals, you just own a job. And Karen and I had set this goal of, you know, buying 10 or 20 properties to a year for 10 years. And so we got back and, you know, from that planning event and set our mind on, on uh, buying those communities. We found two deals that year. We bought two single family properties that were kind of 
both of them were in kind of a distressed seller situation and, and got it figured out. But then the next year, um, a mobile home park deal fell in, in our lap. It was a 72 space mobile home park. We were doing a bunch of plumbing and um, infrastructure work in the community, had been doing some HVAC work in some of the park owned homes. And um, the lady that owned it was an investor and she was having some financial issues. And there was a first position assumable load on, loan on this community for um, $390,000 and she needed $85,000 cash. So I talked to the, the seller and she said, yeah, and I, the thing was she needed to close in 15 days. And some of you may have heard this story before, so just stick with me for a few minutes, but she needed to close in 15 days. I was scared. You know, I had two single family properties at that point in time, and I'm looking at buying this 72 space mobile home park. And so I went and saw a mentor of mine. His name was Barry Lipparelli, and I showed him the deal. I'd already talked to the guy that had the first position note, and he was like, yeah, I'll sell it to you. I'll let you assume the note. Um, so I went and saw my mentor, Barry, and he's like, man, this is such a good deal. Um, you're lucky I don't steal this thing from you. You're lucky we're friends is what he said. So I was, you know, a little nervous about the whole thing, but I'm like, Barry, I don't know about closing in 15 days. We can't get a proper title search done. And he was like, just get a preliminary title search done. And as long as that's good enough, buy this thing. And then I looked at Barry and I didn't have that $85,000 for the down payment. And he said, man, this is such a good deal. I'll loan you the $85,000 in second position behind the investor with the assumable loan. Just go get this deal done. And, you know, I really basically couldn't lose because Barry was like, if, if, if something happens here, this is such a good deal. I'll just take over. I'll buy out the first position loan and I'll just take over this community. And so we bought that community and I really cut my teeth on that. Um, you know, I did a bunch of infrastructure work. I had a plumbing and heating company. I had a remodeling division. So we were able to, you know, get this community um, really kind of, you know, turned around and did a bunch of infrastructure work and got this thing heading in the right direction. And, um, you know, years later, we, we sold it to a fund and some investors. But anyway, to make a long story short, that's kind of how I cut my my teeth. Karen and I ended up owning five other uh, mobile home park communities. We had a, actually had a master lease on two communities and, and owned three outright. But when we sold our business, you know, that's really when we went full-time into um, investing in mobile home parks and started teaming up with investors. So if you're listening to this right now, as a side note, we have some opportunities for you to come alongside of us in the investment fund. We're actually doing a bridge debt fund right now um, that is specifically designated to buy homes from the manufacturer. We've got plenty of lots that we need to fill, just under 600 at this point, in communities that we already own and operate. Inventory is high. There's a good supply of inventory. The prices are probably as low as they've ever, or as, as low as they're going to be going forward. Um, so we have a debt fund where investors, if they come in for one year, you get 12%. If you come in for two years, you get 14%. And we have permanent financing. So once we get the homes actually built and set in the community and we have a resident in place, we have the permanent financing. But what we need is bridge financing. So we're paying investors 12% for 12 months. And what we're doing is you invest in the fund. We utilize your money for 12 months to buy manufactured homes from the manufacturers. We get those homes set. We put a resident in place and then we refinance it. And depending on how much time is left in that 12 month note, we might do that one or two or three more times, which is why we're paying 12% because we want to get our hands on as much inventory as possible right now. So if you're interested in investing in that debt fund, um, the communities that the fund lends to guarantee the promissory note. So if something should go wrong, um, there's a promissory note from the community. And then also once the home is manufactured, there's a title that gets issued to us. It's actually called a certificate of origin, but you know, no investor wants to really go repossess homes, but we would take care of that whole process if anything ever went wrong. But anyway, there's such a demand for homes that that's really not an issue at this point in time. So that's why we're paying 12%. 
because really I make ten to fifteen thousand dollars every time we set a home, and then we get the cash flow um, going forward. So it's an amazing scenario for all of us. Um, I can use a fifty thousand dollar investment three, four, five, six times a year, depending on how fast things are going. Right now, inventory in most of the um, communities that we own, depending on how close the manufacturer is, we can get a home set in four to five weeks right now. So, you know, we can use a single $50,000 investment multiple times, again, maybe five or six times throughout the year. Um, best case scenario, make ten or $15,000 each time and then increase the cash flow. That's why we're paying 12%. So if you're interested in that, um, you can either text the word investment to 480-531-7519. Or you can go to wavemarkcapital.com and sign up for an upcoming webinar. Um, When you're listening to this, it's going to be Monday, May 8th, I believe. We actually have a webinar coming up on May 10th. Um, So again, go to wavemarkcapital.com to sign up for that um, uh, webinar if you want to learn more about that. But this is for accredited investors only. And this is your opportunity to get some exposure to the affordable housing space. We probably will be uh, opening up some equity positions where you could actually invest in equity um, here in the next um, four to five months, maybe even sooner. But for now, we just have a debt fund. So if you're interested in that, um, just reach out. But anyway, um, again, we're going to start a five-part series um, on why we love mobile home park investing. So hopefully that's uh, piqued your interest. And you know, if you've ever had any questions, just shoot me a DM or, or again, get on the webinar. The way that works, we have the webinar and then you can schedule a call with me. We can answer, you know, all the questions. I get on those calls myself and talk to every single investor that ever invests with us. So anyway, we love manufactured housing and I look forward to getting in the weeds a little bit about the five reasons why we really love it. I'll break down and get into each section uh, more in detail, but it's a great asset class. We really love it. So uh, again, Thanks for tuning in to the Investing for Freedom podcast. If you found value in this episode and you know someone who's wanting to start or move further along in their journey toward investing for freedom, I would be forever grateful if you would share this show with them and help me get this message out to more listeners. Also, if you enjoy what you've heard, I would appreciate it if you take 30 seconds and leave me a five-star review and share this with your friends. And until the next episode, cheers to moving further along in your journey of investing for freedom.